All right. Hello, and my name is John Michael Collins. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. Before we get started, the music you just heard is fun, it's upbeat, and in a way kind of depicts me. I would like to thank and give a very special shout out to my friends Marino and Noah Correa, who provided the music for this project. They're part of a company called Cinema Sonic, which is a company dedicated to providing quality audio and visual works for your next project. They're planning on opening a new studio in the Seattle area catering to professional level podcast production. If you would like to learn more, visit their website at cinema-sonic.com. Cinema as in a movie cinema, hyphen, sonic as in supersonic.com. Yeah, so cool. Woohoo! Episode two. Let's, uh, let's get the good old timer going here, and there we go. See what we can do, what damage can be done in the next 20 minutes. If you're joining me, this podcast is a personal tool designed to help me free up and recognize space in my own head. It's more of like a therapeutic thing. There's a computer process called defragmentation, which takes up all the junk inside the computer's hard drive and just reorganizes it to try to free up space and move more smoother, move smoothly, which... Hopefully, to my benefit, will help my brain. All my thoughts inside my head are crammed together, so it'll just be interesting to see where it goes. I have no expectations. It's just something to do, more or less. This isn't to seek any sort of social gain. It just, in turn, aims to share personal stories that would hopefully resonate with the listener just stories that I could share, experiences that I've had that are super quirky. <laughs> and if absolutely nobody listens, I'm okay with that. Plus, talking to yourself is kind of fun, and maybe it's a sign of being psychotic. I, yeah, it's like I'm talking to myself. I'm talking to this space that I'm in. Yeah, it's like a little professional cozy studio where I don't have a lot of room to move around. But, uh, yeah, I can stand up straight, move my arms out a couple inches, and if you have any questions about who I am, you can refer to my pilot episode. Um, it's the only episode where I will, for the most part, give a basic summary of myself. Some things after recording the last episode that I dropped the ball on mentioning mentioning uh my family i do have a family you get a more focused time right now for me to focus on you so i have three sisters and a mom and a dad one of those sisters is a half sister but i round up because uh there's no such thing as your sister being less than one so maybe only by DNA and chromosomes and whatever, but to keep things less technical, because I've been told not to keep things super technical sometimes, but sometimes it's fun. I'm the youngest in my family. My first oldest sister, we spent a lot of time together growing up. She she taught me a lot of things, as all siblings do, and how, like, opinions worked. And out of all my sisters has really taught me the most. 
but we budged heads a lot and we still kind of budge heads not as much which is super cool because we're like starting to get to that point in life where like arguing and stuff isn't it's just a waste of time I mean we still do it sometimes but she's pretty cool she is cool she's very cool Uh, and I'm excited to see where she goes and if you're listening please know that I love you One experience with her (laughs) uh, that just pops into my head. This will be fun. One day before school, let's see, we went to the same high school. She drove me there. And as we were walking inside, let's see, I was 15 or 16. And uh, (laughs) I don't know what happened or what was said between me and her, but I just decided to wrestle her to the ground in the hallway of school. Fortunately, nobody was there. Uh, Yeah, that was weird. Okay, sister number two. Sister number two, she's awesome also. All my sisters are awesome. A story with this sister that randomly pops into my mind. There was a time in my life where uh, we wrote letters to each other which, that was cool. How often does one write letters to their sibling? Almost never, but uh, it was really unique. It was really cool. It brought us closer together because, like sister number one, we also went to the same school for a little bit. And I think because of this letter thing and also her being there to, like, teach me things as a sibling brought us closer together. And let's say the super coolest experience thing just thought with sister two we have this thing or have this thing no we still have a thing where we will say to one another i love you as high as the numbers go in the world period and can't say anything ha this actually came from the letters which was pretty cool yeah i'm super glad that i have a bridge with both of them i have a bridge with all my sisters and none of them are gone None of those bridges are gone, which is super awesome. Sister number two, I love you. Sister number three, I have been on the lookout for hand sanitizer because neither of us have been able to find hand sanitizer. I did an apocalypse run to the grocery store the other night. It wasn't very successful. I got a couple things. I didn't get toilet paper. Uh, I got a bag of rice. I got some ramen noodles. Anyway, back to sister number three. (laughs) Sister number three, I love you very much. Let's see a random experience with her. One day we went to this, the, the shore of this lake because it's her favorite in town. And, uh, yeah, it was just a nice, super peaceful morning. And it's nice to, share things like peaceful things with people. I'm glad that I have her close. I'm glad I have all of my sisters close. But the second thing I was going to talk about, we went to a national park and it was super cool because like camping galore, we didn't know if there'd be a spot for us until we got there and everything was taken up except the handicapped spot. Uh, Which was cool because it said handicapped space reserved until after 6 p.m. And it was after 6 p.m. and nobody was there. So we got that spot. And we made like 
pizza and s'mores. And then in the morning, we French pressed coffee and then went on a hike. Regardless of the content of all those stories, they're each unique and they make me love my sisters more, which is super sweet. Because if you don't have stories about a person, it's like they're not really memorable to you. And I'm fortunate that my three sisters are memorable to me. Uh, okay, now onto my parents. Mom is fun. Dad is fun. From mom, I learned how to care about other people, like to the point of putting them before yourself. The Bible talks about agape love, which is, it's more than just an emotion of how you feel, but it's like how much you'll lay your life down for someone, which is pretty sweet because mom did that for me and my sisters all the time. Oh, yeah, I learned that. Mom, growing up, she was pretty isolated and really had every right to be because my parents divorced when we were all little and it was up to her to raise us physically, be with her kids and put up with her kids. Let me make sure I'm still recording. Whew. Yeah, sometimes it freezes and that stinks. Yeah, mom was like the caretaker of two of my three sisters because uh, one of the sisters lived a few states away. But mom raised us and yeah, it was tough. Um, and it, it was just me and like three women, which was interesting and in how I learned about how to deal with life because dad wasn't around. But mom, I love you very much. And uh, if you're listening, thanks for listening. And text me when you listen because that'd be funny. She raised us very, very successfully. Now on to dad. Obviously, I just said my parents got divorced at a young age, which is okay because families staying together, if the mom and dad are like, if it's not good, then that's going to reflect the kids and the kids are going to have a bunch of problems. And then when those kids grow up and have families and if their relationships aren't good, it's also bad on their kids. And then, yeah, it's just a big spirally mess. So fortunately, the relationship between my parents made each one of their kids very strong in who they are today. And I'm proud of those kids and who they are today, including myself. Yeah, like I, I think of my life as a giant bowl of spaghetti. It's complicated. All of our lives are complicated. I remember as a kid building one of my first Lego sets with him. It was a like an Apache helicopter. I don't think it was Legos. It was like that off-brand of Legos. But I don't think we finished it. Anyway, he wasn't around a lot because he was working a lot. And that's okay because he valued the security of us kids. And I'm grateful for that. And now what's cool, I took you kind of on the low. But to bring that back up, him and I have a great relationship now. We actually talk a lot. We talk more than we did as I was a kid. And I'm just grateful for that. I'm grateful to still have him as a dad. Along with family. So I'm a voiceover and an actor. And I have a good friend who called me a filmmaker. I'll just tell you a little bit how I got into doing that and why. 
when I was, let's see, fifth or sixth grade, hold on, I'm gonna pause and then go see what the name of the thing was. Okay, I'm back. I looked at my computer because there's a file on there. It's basically sheet music from a musical called In the Labyrinth. That was like my first exposure to the arts, but I still remember a dance from it. It's like you're pumping up a bicycle tire with one of those pumps, and then as you pump down, you're alternating by kicking out each leg. <laughs> so that was the dance. So that was like the root of wanting to be an actor and young kids my age at the time being actors too I was like mom I want to do that hmm I want to be famous but anyway let's see actually fast forward to when I was in college and I was mascot through that I got to be in two Capital One commercials one of the commercials was Cy the Cyclone and Buzz from Georgia Tech. So I was there for a whole week. It wasn't just me. It wasn't just Buzz. If you watch the commercial at the very end, all the mascots are standing together, like cheering. And it was filmed in this giant room with this giant green screen. Yeah, it was super amazing. And I hope to someday like see an even bigger green screen. It was amazing. Like the floor was green screened and the walls were green screened. The whole time felt like being on the set of Sesame Street. I'm talking way too much about that. It's okay. There's no rush, Michael, John Michael, because this is your mind. This is your thing. Get everything out. So I'll just, you know what? I'll take my time on it. There were a whole bunch of commercials, one of which, like I said, it was me and Buzz and It was hilarious, and then all of a sudden they're like, all right, we want you guys, put your heads on, because we were in our suits, just kind of sitting there until they got their stuff done, and we did a whole bunch of takes, and one of the takes I'll never forget, they're like, start eating the the tortilla, they were tortilla chips, not potato chips, there's a difference. We did the take, and I opened my big furry hand as wide as I could, grabbed the most chips that I could grab and I threw them in my mouth uh, and they went all over the floor. They yelled cut and they're like, okay, we're not going to do that again. It was just a big mess they had to clean up. After that point, I, I started getting a little bit more involved and then I moved to Seattle, started taking acting classes, volunteering at an improv theater, Jet City Improv. Uh, I love all you people there, by the way, and started taking improv classes. I also started taking voiceover classes, which is kind of why I'm doing this whole thing, because one day I was like, oh, a vocal diary, that would be cool to do. People talk about creating content. This is my content. Yeah, I kind of felt led to start leaning a little more into voiceover as I pursue everything. I just want to learn it all, learn it all, and then I can't talk. And then over time, narrowing things down. But ultimately, I just ended up here, you know? People wake up one day and 
they find themselves, they're like twiddling their thumbs, and then next they're like, oh, I just twiddled together a bowl of soup or something. (laughs) Soup is great. So we'll get this ball rolling. My magical wheel of improv has me talking about the time, well, I have written, to when I drove on frozen brakes. So I was driving. I started out in central Iowa to western Illinois to see my friend in prison. I had plans like to spend three or four hours hoping that we could talk about whatever. In central Iowa, I did notice like some squeaking on my brakes, but I just thought it was normal. But it was like a little, a higher squeak. And, you know, when you're driving, you're just like, oh, I'll, I'll just keep driving. It'll be fine. When you push on the actual brake pedal itself, it creates a bunch of fluid pressure from the uh, brake fluid reservoir that you have in the engine compartment. And it activates a piston that presses into your brake pad, both your brake pads, that ultimately compress into the rotor, which slows the rotor down. And as I was driving, it was fine. But every time I pushed in the brakes, it was like this really gurgly, like, like weird, maybe not like that sound. Now, what happens if that piston is compressed and it becomes frozen? In other words, it doesn't retract. It doesn't move back to its starting position. It stays frozen. Your brake pads are just continuously wearing in and in and in inside to the rotor until eventually... Oh, gosh, I got two minutes. If I go over a couple minutes... No, 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 no. I promised. I made a promise. Long story short, I get a couple miles from the prison. I spent two hours getting new rotors, getting new brake pads, because the brake pad is composed of a certain amount of material that sits on top of a piece of metal. Once all the material is compressed, is degraded off, uh, then you just have metal rubbing on metal and it just, it gets bad and it wears and you have to get it replaced. So I had two of those. Both of them were garbage. As one of my sisters taught me about spending time with people, it's it's not about the quantity of time. It's about the quality of time you spend with someone. But, you know, when you get lemons, you make lemonade or just throw them up in the air and see which one you catch. I had three or four lemons and I only caught one. But it was okay because, you know, I got to see my friend. If your brakes are squeaking, uh, get them checked out. I really want to thank you from the deepest part of my heart for tuning into this episode. Please feel free to share this with your family and friends and anyone and everyone you know. And also, if you don't mind, head over to my website, which acts as my creative portfolio. JohnMichaelCollins.com Pancakes, just flipping them. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 